Dear listeners, welcome to this first and very special episode of the Intergenerational Fairness Day podcast, the official podcast for the Worldwide Intergenerational Fairness Day. Have you heard of us yet? It's okay if you haven't. I'm here to tell you all about it. I'm your host, Lena Windsor, and as a 22-year-old uni student, I often worry about what the future holds in store for us. You know, when we were kids, we couldn't wait to grow up. We were told it was the only way to get to make the rules. But now that we're here, the rules seem to have already been made, and they're not always in our favor. That's where the Intergenerational Fairness Day comes in, a movement that's sparking the conversation we all need. Throughout this podcast, I'll take you on a journey into the heart of this amazing initiative and show you how we can create a world that's fair for everyone, not just for now, but for generations to come. This is episode one, introducing intergenerational fairness, a global movement. But let's break it down. What's so special about the Intergenerational Fairness Day? Is it just your average awareness campaign, or is it just another date on the calendar? It's more the idea that the choices being made today should not jeopardize the well-being of tomorrow's generations. It's about creating a world where our descendants inherit a planet as vibrant and abundant as the one we enjoy today. It's a day when generations unite to champion global causes that affect us all, from climate action to social justice. We're celebrating our premiere in 2023, so it is a fairly new movement. But that doesn't mean that the issues we concern ourselves with have not been relevant in the last few years. There have been many national and international efforts all over the world to address critical global issues that undermine the interests of young and future generations. But this is the first one from an international network of organizations that all focus on an intergenerationally fair perspective. You know what? Our society is always so focused on the present that we tend to forget about the future. We don't pay enough attention to slowly emerging problems or those that will affect us down the line. And with politicians always thinking about the next election cycle, it's no wonder they prioritize short-term success over what's best for us in the long run. The problem is that the costs of today's political, economic, and social decisions are often passed on to future generations. Younger folks are the ones who will be most affected, but their voices are often not heard in the decision-making process. And for those not even born yet, they don't have a say at all. So it's really all about connecting the dots between current choices and their consequences for generations to come. We are exposed to so many new risks that lack adequate government intervention and that threaten not only our existence, but that of future generations as well. Whether it be global warming, escalating nuclear arms races, the loss of biodiversity, unaligned artificial intelligence, or human-made pandemics like COVID-19. Those are only a few of the existential risks that we are trying to avoid in the upcoming years. I mean, the climate crisis is perhaps the most pressing issue of intergenerational fairness. Future generations' right to a livable, breathable, sustainable planet is absolutely paramount. And nothing short of radical action to reduce carbon emissions and mitigate the effects of the changing climate will be enough to guarantee we pass on a healthy planet to the generations who will inhabit it after us. But us young people are not just losing out in such global issues, but also within existing public policy. There's rapidly growing national debts, the cost of living crisis, high housing costs, and eroding pensions. While older generations were able to purchase homes for three or four times their annual income, today, people looking to buy a home will typically be expected to pay seven or eight times their annual income. It's not just for younger generations trying to get on the housing market that this intergenerational unfairness is an issue for. 
For many younger people, renting is the only alternative and house price inflation means millions of young people are paying billions of dollars, pounds or euros in rent every year to landlords who benefited from being able to afford to buy a home. In a nutshell, in too many areas of life, society is acting at the expense of young people and future generations. We need a joint and intensive effort to secure the existence of humanity beyond the next decades. That is where we come in. On the 16th of November, nine organizations from all over the world have come together to call for greater intergenerational fairness so that the interests of younger and future generations are better protected, both nationally and globally. Reflecting on my own experiences, I've realized how many of the decisions, policies, and challenges we face today have far-reaching consequences. Being a student means preparing for a future that seems increasingly uncertain, both economically and environmentally. I've often had conversations with fellow students about the world we're stepping into, and we're concerned about issues like student debt, job prospects, and the environmental impact of our choices. I mean, just imagine a world where the decisions we make today don't compromise the opportunities of generations to come. Intergenerational Fairness Day is that vision put into action. Our actions today lay the foundation for the world our children and their children will inherit. So we want to explore the intersection of environmental sustainability, social equity, economic stability and educational empowerment, all while paying heed to the unique challenges presented by intergenerational fairness. We really want to encourage people to think about this essential topic and to draw attention to its importance, and we need to remind government decision makers of their responsibility towards future generations and work together to create a future that is fair and sustainable for all generations. What truly sets this day apart is that it doesn't stand alone. It's fortified by a powerful alliance of organizations and change makers, each contributing their expertise and commitment to the cause. In this episode, we're joined by representatives from these nine organizations that have called this day into action, recorded in advance. They're the pillars of this movement, contributing their insights, experiences, and visions to the broader conversation. Let's take a moment to recognize them. They are the Foundation for the Rights of Future Generations from Germany, the Intergenerational Foundation from the UK, Million Generations from the Netherlands, Generation Squeeze from Canada, the Berkeley Institute for Young Americans from the United States, Think Forward from Australia, Future Design from Japan, the Partnership for Future Generations in Africa, and Our Future Agenda, which is a United Nations Foundation initiative. They exist to protect the rights of younger and future generations. The intriguing part? I'm not just going to sit here and tell you about these incredible organizations, I'm going to let them speak for themselves. In this episode, I have the privilege of sharing their voices and introducing you to their efforts and aspirations for a more equitable world. But we aren't stopping here. We aim to provide you with comprehensive insights into each organization's journey, its purpose, and its views on intergenerational fairness in a series of small episodes that you can find right here on the Intergenerational Fairness Day podcast. And anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. But in this first episode, I need to introduce you to each of these incredible organizations and their work. Ready to uncover these remarkable stories? We're here to offer not only enlightenment, but also a platform for involvement. Are you ready to join hands with us on this transformative journey? Then stay with us as we introduce the incredible people and organizations who are part of the Intergenerational Fairness Day. First up, we have the Foundation for the Rights of Future Generations from Germany, led by Jörg Tremmel, 
a think tank and do tank committed to breaking the cycle of short-term thinking in society and politics. Hi, Lena. Thanks for having me. Um, the FFG defines itself as a think tank and a do tank. We were founded in 1997 by a group of young people who equally represented all political youth organizations at that time. So one founding member came from the Young Greens, one from the Young Liberals, one from the Young Christian Democrats, and one from the Young Social Democrats. What we shared, what we had in common, was a conviction that societies worldwide focus on solving short-term problems with little regard or no regard to long-term intergenerational justice, whether it be net natural resources, government spending, or investment in the futures of young and future cohorts. So politics and society are obsessed with the here and now. Slowly emerging problems lack public and uh, political attention. The costs of today's political and social decisions are all too frequently shifted into the future. And younger generations are most affected by today's decisions. Yet their voice is underrepresented and unborn generations have no voice at all. As Jörg shared, the Foundation for the Rights of Future Generations is unearthing long-term solutions to today's problems. Now, let's journey to the UK to explore the Intergenerational Foundation where they're reshaping the social contract between generations. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Liz Emerson. I'm a co-founder of the Intergenerational Foundation. We're a charitable think tank that was established in London in the United Kingdom. And we exist to protect the rights of younger and future generations in government policy. We are not philosophers at the Intergenerational Foundation. We are looking at the practical implementation of policy that is fair across the generations. So we are always having a generational lens and we argue that the social contract on what our specific welfare state is established on is um, losing its strength when it comes to the contract between older and younger generations today and generations today and generations to come in the future. We're vehemently non-party political. We're funded by no strings donations. So we are truly independent in what we say. Liz Emerson, co-founder of the Intergenerational Foundation, emphasizes the practical implementation of intergenerational fairness in government policy. Now, let's cross the border to the Netherlands to delve into Million Generations' unique approach. Well, thanks, Lena, um, for taking me in this podcast. Um, my name is Michael, Michael Münker of uh, Million Generations in Utrecht. Um, um, Million Generations started from the question how there could be most happiness. And the idea there was that with the question came the, the, the idea that no matter how well we organized it for ourselves, for our generation, um, most of potential happiness would be from potential people in the future. So the most important thing, it seemed, uh, would be that uh, we make sure or we do everything possible um, that there are future generations um, And the in, indefinitely, um, well, on this planet, that's another couple billion years, um, potentially. Um, and, well, I thought that was a neglected area. There's not a whole lot of, uh, at least in 2008, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, things 
in that direction. Um, not that I knew of. I learned a lot through that uh, process. Um, and that, uh, yeah, that's, that's the idea to contribute with, um, from a neglected perspective to creating a society um, that actually works for the generations that might exist in the future um, as its primary goal. Um, that, that we ensure that every generation builds will, will automatically build on what the earlier generations did, but that um, there can be future generations. It, and, and from my perspective, it's not obvious um, that progress, that the progress we have and that we benefit from is something that uh, extends indefinitely into the future and that uh, uh, it, it carries a lot of risks. Million Generations envisions a future where potential happiness isn't confined to the present. As Michael Munker emphasized, it's about securing the well-being of generations to come. Our journey now takes us to the South to explore the Partnership for Future Generations in Africa. Thank you, Lena. My name is Ali Misalifu. I'm a law student at the University of Lagos and also a researcher with interest in, you know, the interests of future generation their rights and their needs, especially in the African context. So I've, you know, leading partnership for future generations in Africa. And the purpose is to, you know, bring African youth together to promote and protect the rights and interests of future generations. So basically what we want to do is to amplify our voices, you know, at all level, you know, policy spaces, private sectors, you know, non-profit to mainstream, you know, intergenerational thinking and, you know, intergenerational legislations in all spheres of, you know, uh, political, you know, atmosphere. Yeah. So basically, this is what we are about. Yeah. Alimi Salifu and the Partnership for Future Generations in Africa are paving the way for intergenerational thinking and legislation. Our next stop is California, where the Berkeley Institute for Young Americans is crafting a new paradigm in public policy. This is Aaron Hayes. So I work for the Berkeley Institute for Young Americans, and we are a research center at the University of California, Berkeley, um, specifically in the School of Public Policy. And our, our mission is that we want to create a new paradigm in public, public policy that advances an equitable, sustainable, and prosperous society for current and future generations. And um, we see that in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, when it comes down to generational fairness, where we, where we see that the most often is when we're looking at state budgets. So um, at, at our center, we mostly focus on the California state budget instead of the federal budget. Um, but, you know, I think what we're seeing in California is very similar to what we're seeing in the federal budget or in or what's going on in other countries with the pension crisis, right? Where a lot of these these pensions have been guaranteed to previous generations, and um, you know, which which is fair, and that's that's great. You know, they 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 worked their their public service job, and they put in their time, and they've been guaranteed these contracts. However, the state lawmakers haven't done such a great job at um, thinking through how. This, the state financial system is going to pay out a lot of those those contracts in the long, long run. At the same time, 
um, putting enough revenue into programs that would benefit younger generations. And in particular, we're really concerned about school funding and whether that's that's K through 12 funding, um, higher education funding or funding for the early childhood care system. So so when we think about intergenerational fairness and we think about our mission, uh, we really want uh, state lawmakers to begin to think more about how to think in the long term when they're designing uh, social safety net programs and when they're funding them. So really trying to think about the revenue side, how we can work on uh, different revenue reforms, tax reforms, uh, specifically property tax reform, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, yeah, just just really trying to be more thoughtful about how how the state of California um, designs its revenue system, how it can benefit not only younger gener- generations more, but like have more of an equity component too to, to really um, benefit uh, uh, people from diverse backgrounds that in this country have uh, typically been overlooked in, in state policy. Aaron discussed the critical importance of balancing state budgets to benefit both older and younger generations. Next, we'll cross the Pacific Ocean to Australia to uncover the work of Think Forward. The voice you'll hear now is the lovely Jane Body. So Think Forward was started, I think, in about 2018 um, by our two co-founders, Megan and Sonia. And essentially when they realized that the system wasn't just, hadn't just stopped working for younger people, but it was actually working against us. Um, and so essentially our mission is to, you know, create an economy, build an economy that works for all generations. Um, and we do that by conducting advocacy, research and education around intergenerational fairness, but with a really specific focus on the tax and economic reform that will see that realised in Australia. Um, So that's essentially, in a nutshell, uh, what we do. Um, But, yeah, we we have an educational uh, program called TikTok Tax, um, which is really core to what we do and what we want to do because we believe that um, without, you know, more education around economic literacy, younger generations aren't being included in the economic discussions that are impacting and affecting them. Um, And so our, you know, our, one of our big goals is to let younger generations know that these conversations are for them and that they are, can take part they're not for, you know, the people sitting in Parliament House to just make decisions on behalf of them, but that they can get involved and that we can help give them the confidence to be involved in the discussions. Um, and I think, you know, a big motivator for us is, is a, uh, I think it's the Australia Institute. Um, it, might be, it might have been Grattan Institute in Australia that has predicted that the millennial generation is going to, is likely to be the first that's going to be the worst off economically, worse off economically than the generation before them. Um, and so, you know, a big, big motivator for Think Forward is, is helping turn that around. As Jane highlighted, Think Forward is making economic discussions accessible to younger generations. Our global exploration now takes us to Canada to find out more about Generation Squeeze. 
Yes, hello. I'm so pleased to be participating in this inter International Intergenerational Fairness Day. And my name is Paul Kershaw. I am the founder of Generation Squeeze. And Generation Squeeze champions the idea of generational fairness in order to preserve what Canadians hold to be sacred, like a healthy childhood, a healthy home, a healthy planet, so that together we all leave a legacy of which we can be proud. Well, we have been observing um, for over a decade now in Canada that uh, hard work is not paying off for younger Canadians uh, as it did for past generations. And this is a Canadian phenomenon, but obviously it is an international one. And we're seeing this, uh, you know, across countries and with our partners that are joining us today and uh, in all of the potting that we're doing. When I summarize it for Canada, I mean, here, here's sort of the punchline. Younger Canadians go to post-secondary more, pay more for the privilege, to land jobs that pay thousands of dollars left after adjusting for inflation, to then face housing prices that have gone up hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, which locks many out of ownership and their consolation prize, a lousy one, is rising rents. It causes many a younger person to delay starting their families, but they're at that moment of a biological clock that's tick-tocking, tick-tocking, and you can only delay so long. And then when people do start their families, they're having fewer kids than they often want. And it costs them in Canada until recently a second mortgage to pay for childcare and a third rent size payment to be on parental leave. That's sort of the private vice grip in which younger Canadians find themselves today. Uh, and then that economic vice grip is tightened still further by inheriting larger government and environmental debts. Paul Kershaw and Generation Squeeze are addressing the challenges of today's young Canadians. Now, let's turn our attention to two more extraordinary entities that are equally instrumental in crafting our future. First, we delve into the unique and fascinating world of Japan's future design movement. This vision is a beacon of hope, a model to overcome short-termism in democratic decision-making. Inspired by the traditional principle of seventh-generation decision-making, it's all about strengthening intergenerational justice. At its heart is Tatsuyoshi Saijo, a Japanese economist at the Kyoto University of Advanced Science. This movement revolves around the model of participatory decision-making. It invites residents to set long-term plans for their towns and cities, not just from their perspective, but by stepping into the shoes of their peers in 2060, as they leap into the future. What's astounding is how this imaginative leap results in more transformative city plans, driven by the realization that choices today profoundly impact tomorrow. This innovative model has already influenced policy planning in various Japanese towns and cities, creating a more intergenerationally aware approach to decision-making. Next, we turn our attention to the Next Generation Fellows, an initiative by the UN Foundation. In response to the increasingly pressing needs for intergenerational fairness, the Next Generation Fellows are taking a stance advocating for a future that is both equitable and just for young people and future generations. The Next Generation Fellows program was established by the United Nations Foundation to respond to the UN Secretary General's request for young people to shape the Our Common Agenda report. They are positioned across the global system to help shape the policy agenda, inspire bold thinking, and drive local solutions considering young people's and future generations' interests. With their vision for a society where opportunities are abundant and accessible, they are determined to create a world where intergenerational fairness is more than a concept. It's a reality in the global system and its policy agenda. With each stop on our journey, the picture of a fairer, more equitable world becomes clearer. Stay tuned as we dive into these remarkable stories of intergenerational fairness in our upcoming series.
But this podcast is more than a window into their world. It's a resource for knowledge, a catalyst for engagement, and a call to action. It's an invitation to explore a world of opportunities. As we provide you with insights, ideas, and actionable steps, we hope you'll join us on this mission. We encourage you to take this journey with us as we strive to empower you with knowledge, fuel you with inspiration, and equip you with the tools to become an agent of change. We're all in this together, whether you're a student, a young professional, a parent, or a retiree. Your unique perspective adds depth to our dialogue. Feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels with your thoughts, questions, and even personal stories related to intergenerational fairness. We are at Intergenerational Fairness Day, and all our details and organization's information will be listed in the episode description below. The Intergenerational Fairness Day podcast is here to present, analyze, and provoke thought about the world's most pressing issues and our collective responsibility for the future. So join us in this extraordinary journey, and together, let's pave the way for the generations of tomorrow. We invite you to explore the ideas, the innovations, and the inspirational initiatives of these organizations united under the banner of Intergenerational Fairness Day. I'm your host, Lena Windsor, and this is the Intergenerational Fairness Day podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired by a change that starts now for a world that lasts forever. And remember, the future starts today.